Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Log from Blamo. It's better than bad, it's good. Episode 205, Reactatron, Debugging State and More with Rich Evans. Hey, Robin, you're, you're back. Uh, did you know that we lost half of our audience when they found out you weren't going to be on the episode last week. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it was like speaking to an empty room. I'm flattered. <laughs> so what, what do you think is going to happen when you're on maternity leave? I mean, are we just going to be out of a job? Uh, I, I think you're going to end up not recording any episodes because it's just there's going to be no inspiration, no spark. Right. It's just not like, going to be possible. You need some feedback. And if nobody wants to listen, I don't, I don't know. I, It'd basically be the end. Who's going who's gonna to make fun of Jamin? I, I, I feel like there's a line of people that are willing <laughs> to make fun of me. Take a number. You just have to, <laughs> you have to bring some of those people on to fill the gap. And of course, the people that are speaking to me, I am Jamin Holmgren, your friendly host, and also CTO and co-founder of Infinite Red. And of course, I'm joined by my striking co-host, uh, Robin who is back this week, and John Major. Robin is a senior software engineer located in Portland, Oregon, works at Infinite Red, and specializes in React Native, and making fun of me. Mm -hmm. John Major is uh, another senior software engineer, another React Native engineer, another Infinite -er. (laughs) (laughs) Red-er. And uh, so far, he hasn't made too much fun of me because, uh, you know, he's new. uh, Give it time. Give it time. Eventually, I'll uh, specialize in it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I am on a project with Robin now. So it's true. Oh, great. This is the beginning of the end. Yes. I'll teach him my ways. Uh, We do have a guest today, and I'm excited to have him on the program. Rich Evans. Rich is a senior software engineer. He also specializes in React Native and is the primary maintainer of Reactatron, which is why we're having him on the episode, of course. He lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Is it Jacksonville or Jacksonville Beach? It's Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, so he's he's on he's on the kind of northeast corner of Florida in that giant city. Is there a beach? Is there a beach there? There, there's many beaches there. Yes. So yeah, I would. Jacksonville Beach is probably not inaccurate. It's just not the name of the town. Well, actually, isn't Jacksonville Beach the name of a town? Yes. Over on the east side of Jacksonville, there isn't Jacksonville Beach. That's confusing. Yes. It's like Panama City and Panama City Beach. <laughs> Where are those two different? Two different places. Yep. So if there's a beach in Jacksonville and you're at, you're sort of like, I'm I'm on the Jacksonville Beach, but you're not in Jacksonville Beach. That could get really confusing. Technically, Jacksonville doesn't really have its own beach. It's like uh, Jacksonville Beach and then there's Neptune Beach and Atlantic Beach and other di- like different types of beaches. Um, so, but Jacksonville itself is kind of just like the encapsulating of all of that and also downtown. Florida really knows a lot about beaches because they have a lot of them. They do. Like the whole state is a beach, right? Yeah. Basically. Pretty much all coastline. Depending on how high the tide and, is. And or swamp. <laughs> right. Uh, fun fact, I've actually swam on, uh, now I don't even know what beach it is uh, after all of that, but it was in Jacksonville Beach, this, the, the, the town. I actually swam out in the ocean there. Rich was at that conference. That was uh, Ancient City Ruby Rails React. And that was put on, it was like late, it was like October sometime. 
but it was still great swimming. Of course, it's Florida, right? So Rich, of course, he lives in, as we said, Jacksonville, Florida. With you, with you have a wife, two daughters, uh, and uh, you have a lot of a lot of hobbies behind you. Uh, you do some three D printing and things like that, right, Rich? Yes, although that's not depicted here. Uh, but yeah, I do three D printing. Uh, recently, I've picked up uh, building Legos. Yeah. Okay. That's what we see behind you. Yeah, that's that's what you see here. I see a baby Yoda, mm-hmm. big Yoda. <laughs> baby Yoda, big Yoda, Stormtrooper, Darth Vader's back there. Darth Vader's helmet's back there too. Yeah. Gosh, I love Lego. I'm so excited for my Same. daughter to get old enough for like she's still into Duplos. She's like not quite old enough for the little Legos, but I'm so excited. You don't have to wait. You can just do it. <laughs> you don't have to wait. You have all the excuses in the world right now. Of course she could. No, she's she's past the like she's, just like I eating think she'd stuff. be pretty good. I think it it's more about the motor skills of getting the the tiny bricks. Yeah. Uh pulled apart and stuff she'd probably get frustrated soon very soon yeah i still have kids young enough to do legos uh but they seem to like wait 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 young enough to do legos i don't think there is the a box, age the box says age 99 yeah yeah well i don't have any kids over 99 so uh, i'm still go. good <laughs> <laughs> all right i i should probably get to the paying the bills part of this episode so this episode is sponsored by infinite red Infinite Red is a premier React Native design development agency located fully remotely in the U.S. and Canada. We have years of React Native experience, and we have deep roots in the React Native community. We have cool software, like open source software, like Ignite and Reactatron, which we're going to be talking about. And we do all kinds of cool stuff. So go to infinite.red slash React Native to learn more about us. You can also, if you're interested in working at Infinite Red and you're located in the U.S. or Canada, go to careers.infinite.red. All right, let's get into the topic for today. So Rich found out about Infinite Red and kind of got connected with us when when he started uh, contributing to Reactatron. And this was, uh, I don't know, this was a while ago, right, Rich? Like probably 20, I want to say 2018, 2017, somewhere in there? Uh, I think it was like more like 2016. Was it 2016 that so, long yeah. ago? Wow. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And so Reactatron, we're going to be talking more about that, but you got involved with that and you were you new to React Native at that time or had you been doing it for a while? I had been doing it for a little while. Um, I actually started in React Native back before they had Android support even. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, really start f- wanting a, to find something to help debug and work in what I was doing because I always found it like kind of black box-ish mm-hmm. at the time. Um, you would always have to turn on remote debugging uh, to get really any type of information out of it because you'd have to hook it up to like the Chrome debugger to get your console logs or anything. And uh, I very quickly found that doing so also introduced a lot of differences between how it runs without debugging on and with it off because it runs in the Chrome uh, JavaScript engine. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, I was I looked around for a tool and I found Reactron. Started looking at it, started trying it, really liked it, and I started contributing to it and trying to help um, push it forward. Was uh, Flipper a thing back then? It was not. Flipper came out uh, a couple of years after Reactron really started gaining some ground, and Flipper was actually introduced at the Chain React conference put on by Infinite Red. Yeah. Was that the same conference that Darren gave the talk about Reactron? Yes, I believe that? it was. Yeah, yeah. our Darren Wilson, uh, one of our 
principal software engineers here at Infinite Red gave a talk at Chain React 2018 about Reactatron, and it was it was really well received. We'll link to it in the in the show notes. It I think one of the things with Reactatron is contrary to most things at Infinite Red, we don't actually promote it very well, and that's uh, it's kind of sad because it's one of our coolest things. So let me back up before we get too far in and talk about what Reactatron is. So it is a a free desktop app. It works on Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. And it is written in Electron. And it is designed specifically for debugging and inspecting React and React Native apps. Now, it's mostly made for React Native, but it does work for React. Uh, the reason that we mostly focus on React Native is because React already has tons of tools, a lot of things you can use to inspect state and whatever, where React Native, it's it's a little it, it, the the cupboard's a little bare there. There's there's some stuff, and obviously with Flipper coming on board, it helps and stuff. But really, at the end of the day, there wasn't a lot, especially when we first made it. And it was made by a guy named Steve Kellogg, who originally uh, created it while he was at Infinite Red. Uh, he left a few years ago, uh, and he had worked. Rich, you had worked with Steve at that time, right? Like you were you were working together on Reactatron? Yeah, there was a short period of time that he and I both were kind of contributing to it. I can't remember yeah. the exact length of it, but there was a time, yes. And then Steve leaves and Rich is like, uh, I guess this is mine now. <laughs> like <laughs> just got dumped in his lap uh, because he was really, uh, you know, the top contributor at the time. But what's been awesome is Rich has just continued to to support it throughout the, the years. So I think one of the reasons for that is that Reactatron, while it's a tool for React Native, is not React Native. And so all of us here at Infinite Red that are experts at React Native uh, can sometimes feel a little bit lost in Reactatron and how it works. So I'm curious, Rich, if you can give just like a really high level TLDR, like how like how is Reactatron built? How does it work? Uh, how does it actually like hook into your React Native app? Sure. So the way it works actually differs depending on if you're working with it within uh, Flipper or the standalone Electron app, actually. So we'll, we'll talk about the Electron app first because that's kind of like the, that's where it started. So let's start there. So when the Electron app spins up a WebSocket uh, server, and the app, uh, your your React Native app, will actually connect to that WebSocket server, and then it just passes messages in between both both directions. So you can actually have Reactatron cause change in your React Native app, and React your React Native app can pass information uh, to the Electron app. So this would be information like your your Redux store information if you're using Redux. And Rich, the this happens even if, uh, so like obviously you have the simulator or emulator, but you can actually do it with a device too, right? Like Reactron will work even if you're running your React Native app on a device, as long as it's close. So you're not, we're not talking about like in production. Correct. Uh, we actually suggest you don't use Reactron in production because it tries to connect and it can, it does nothing and, you know, it tries to just open a WebSocket connection to some random IP address or local host, which is not ideal. It'll look a little suspicious yeah. if you leave it in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you are on the same network, uh, you can have your real device connect to Reactatron. There's typically a little bit of setup because sometimes we can't detect the IP address of your, uh, your computer to connect to. So sometimes you have to help it out and give it the IP address. So once you pass that hurdle, it, it should work on devices as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I find it really useful. As I mentioned, Reactatron, you can use it on React Native, and that's generally how we use it at Infinite Red. But there's also Reactatron for React.js. Just briefly, we're not going to go into the React.js side very much, but how would you, what would you say is sort of the difference there between the two? In the sense of using the Electron app, there is really no difference because it just, it connects via WebSocket there too, and it pipes all the data over. Mm -hmm. We don't do a lot of... Uh, special things on the React.js side because, as you mentioned earlier, this the the tooling that's available already over there. So it's, it was put together as kind of like, hey, we can do this because it's all React and it all just works. It's not really anything that you know that we are trying to push super forward. Well, yeah, React has the advantage of like having Chrome. There's a lot of tooling that's a lot more available for it versus React Native, where you're kind of in this little isolated box of your simulator and so you don't have as many tools so that's where reactatron comes in how does a dev use reactatron day-to-day from a developer experience so how i typically would use it uh, or how i typically do use it i have it running at all times uh, while i'm developing and working on whatever feature and i have all of that information piping into reactatron after i have set up the initial setup and with all of that data, if I run into a problem, uh, an error occurs or something that I don't expect occurs, I can very easily look at Reactatron and go back and see all of the information about what led me into that situation to help me uh, figure out what happened. Uh, because we're, we're getting a lot of inf- information in there as long as you wired it all up. We have like network requests. We have information about your state, assuming you're using uh, MobX state tree or Redux and you have it all wired up. If you're using things like uh, Redux Saga, there's information about like what sagas are running, which ones are completing, which you know what effects are occurring. Um, so it it opens up the door to having a lot of information at your fingertips. And if you have it running at all times, you don't run into a situation where like you see a problem, and then you have to like, well, let me launch Reactatron and I'll redo the problem. So the way I try and look at it is, it's just something that's always there. And because we don't have to have uh, debug mode on in React Native, we we don't have that overhead and the, the problems that come along with that. So you can just run it and not even think anything about it. Yeah, I really see state management as being sort of the the, the killer feature of React Reactatron, where you can inspect state and really kind of keep track. You can subscribe to parts of your tree. Like uh, we, we use MobX state tree, but you can do this with Redux too. You can subscribe to the particular store that you care about or even a part of the store that you care about or even just an individual model that you care about. You can just subscribe to that and say, hey, watch this. And anything time something, you know, anytime something changes, let's just, uh, you know, I, I want to see what what's going on in there. And I've had that happen. Like, I, I remember working on uh, one of the few I don't normally work on client projects. OK, so like uh, most of my stuff is just helping other people. But in this case, this was like uh, like last year. Uh, there was a, a little app needed to have some some uh, you know some changes done. Nobody was available, so I just took it on to to kind of you know uh, help out. And one of the things that I thought was cool was like we were having some problems when you would log in, you would lose your session, it would just go away, and you'd be back to the login screen. And I could watch the session and see like the precise moment when the session information went away. And that uh, that was really, really handy because I could just watch just my user like, hey, look at my user. And anytime something changes, I want to see what's going on. Yeah. And you can also take snapshots mm-hmm. of your state and replay to a particular snapshot. So like one of our one of our uh, 
new devs, Lizzie. She just started uh, this week. She just started this week, and we're super happy to have her. Uh, was, hey, Lizzie. Was, Hi, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was telling uh, a story about a project where her app, they had a really long sign-up process, um, and she would be working on that part of the app, and instead of having to, like, repeat this super long, arduous sign-up process every time, she was able to just, like, take a snapshot and then jump back to that point in time which uh can save a ton of time as a developer when you're just trying to like iterate yeah that's super cool was she using custom commands with that one too no actually what what's cool about that is so custom commands we, we're going to talk about that for sure because that's a super cool feature of reactatron but what she was doing was she was just going to the state tab and taking a snapshot so you can literally just hit a button and it saves your current state and then you can then click on that and restore that state back later. So that's all she was doing. It's not a custom command. It's actually a built-in thing for uh, for Reactatron. Yeah, it's, it's part of the state. It's part of the state tab. And you can have multiple. So you could be like, I'm going to go to here and then do something, and then I'm going to switch to this other thing and, and do something. It's very cool. It's a very powerful feature. In fact, uh, we have kicked around some ideas for even expanding it further. And I'm pretty sure. That Grant a while back added the ability to name the state, uh, your state snapshots. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have a bunch of them, right? So, like, post yeah. post login, mm-hmm. post login, or like whatever. Gant uh, being Gant Laborde, uh, chief innovation officer here at Infinite Red, and my business partner. If you if you don't already know who Gant is, that's he's Gant a big Labor. personality. He he's is hard a to big miss. Personality. <laughs> he has his own logo and sticker persona. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> most and a book. And a book. Or two. Two books. Two books? Right? Yeah. One that he admits to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. State management, I would say, is probably 60 to 75% of what I use Reactatron for on a daily basis. The other thing I love is the API or, like, network call visibility. Rich, how does that even work? Like, uh, it's is it intercepting something on the... Is it doing it at the JavaScript level or is it, like like some sort of a, a like native hook. It's an API sauce plugin, isn't it? It used to be an API sauce plugin, and there's still an API sauce plugin today because uh, that's how it originally started. Uh, you would go through API sauce. Um, there, there's some hooks in there to hook into, but there was also a way to do it via in React Native specifically, so this doesn't apply to React DOM or React JS. Um, you... you it connects in and basically monkey, monkey patches the JavaScript side. So any fetch call uh, that is going through the JavaScript side is automatically picked up as long as you turn on that piece of Reactatron. Because whenever you set it up and configure it, you can decide what you want and what you don't want. So if you turn that on, it will catch every JavaScript initiated fetch call. And API Sauce, of course, is another library by Infinite Red uh, that wraps Axios and allows you to make right. network requests. And it just beautifies it, makes it nicer. I think that was another Steve thing. Did Steve make that too? Yes, yes Steve made API Steve Sauce too. Yeah. He was big on putting sauce after right. things. like AB, He had API Sauce and Redux Sauce and Ramda Sauce. Cause it's How the, did this not end up being just like special, It's the special sauce. sauce. It's saucy. <laughs> Yeah, and you can even copy as JSON or curl and run that. Yeah. I use that a lot with like backend teams. If I'm like, I have a 500 error and they're like, what's the request? I just like copy as curl send and curl. send it to the API team. Boom. Yeah. 
there is there's a lot of little functionality that we allow for the um for the API requests. I think you can also copy out as markdown so it like kind of yep. shows all the information and it's really mm-hmm. an, a nice way to kind of provide whatever information about that API call. Rich, so I know that this is a Reactatron mainly episode, but talking about Flipper, what is the difference between Flipper and Reactotron? Uh, because I'm fairly new still to React Native, and so just not only for my benefit, but I'm sure for others. So Flipper is trying to solve a lot of the same problems that Reactotron is trying to solve. It does go about it in a very different way. So earlier, I, I was very specific when I mentioned that uh, whenever you're using the standalone version of the Reactatron app, the Electron version, it's using WebSockets. The reason I was specific in that is that we do have a Reactatron plugin for Flipper. And the way Flipper works is it actually you actually have to put a native library on your app side that is it ships with React Native, uh, the template that you get with React Native in it these days. And it's only wired up when you're in uh, debug mode and there's other things that go into making sure that it doesn't ship that, that native code whenever you put a production build out there. Uh, but with those native libraries, it actually has a communication method there that it uses uh, to communicate between the application, the Flipper application, and your React Native app. So the Reactron plugin actually utilizes Flipper's communication method. It's kind of the same, but I, I actually honestly don't know under the covers if they're using like WebSockets or whatever they're using under the, under the covers there. But basically, it, it changes how the communication works, and it actually introduces uh, some native co- native stuff on your React Native app uh, to facilitate that communication. But the actual intent of Flipper is, it, it's very similar. It has a lot of the same tools. Like it, you have the ability to go in and see network requests and stuff. They even have like the your React layout tool that you may be familiar with uh, from the React Chrome plugin. Uh, also, I think it's on the Firefox plugin, uh, but I don't use Firefox, so I don't know. So they, they are trying to provide a lot of the tools that are more React specific. Uh, they also have a plugin system, which is what we utilize to allow Reactatron to exist. Uh, and there's other plugins out there that are trying to, and potentially are doing a, a good job. I'm not sure. I haven't used them, but trying to solve a lot of the same problems that Reactatron is. Fun fact, the Flipper team asked us to build a Reactatron plugin when Flipper first came out with plugins. And it ended up being the first plugin built for Flipper because they knew that a lot of people use Reactatron and it did bring a different kind of direction to Flipper uh, than, you know, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they both have a lot of value. I haven't, I haven't used Flipper a ton just because I've, I've used Reactatron since the first day I ever started learning React Native. So it's very sort of ingrained in my workflow. But the sense that I get is that Flipper has the ability to offer more on the native side of debugging, like you can get crash logs and mm-hmm. uh, and other things that that Reactatron wouldn't be able to see because it's really just interacting with the JavaScript layer. But the trade-off, of course, is that Flipper is much more integrated into your app, and you have to like nat- like link it natively and install it as a pod and all of that. Whereas Reactatron is just like a config file, and then you run it, and it works. So there's trade-offs there. Yeah, and, and Flipper also take it, it takes longer to to compile when you have Flipper installed uh, because of the way that it's set up on the native side. So if you are okay with that and you need the extra insight into your app, then it's totally fine. But it will uh, essentially double your 
compile times on the native side. The one thing to probably point out here is you can actually have both of them work in, in, at the same time. So you can, if you have a, you know, a large team of developers and some of them may prefer Flipper, some of them may prefer the standalone Reactatron app, uh, you can actually have Reactatron work in both the plugin form in Flipper and also the standalone Electron app and everything's completely fine. So like, it's not it a all plays together. one or the yeah. other. Inception. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's not like a one or the other type of situation. Like if you, if you're, team wants both and you can have both and yeah since it is shipped with the react native template like flipper is just kind of there already you actually have to do work to go take it out if you don't want it yeah um so really there, there's there's no harm in leaving it there uh and you can still utilize Reactatron if if that suits your your fancy and like you said earlier it's Reactatron is so low profile you just like can just have it running in the background all the time and you barely notice it until you need it and then it's there and it has all the information i don't think i close it to be honest i close it when it, it sometimes will like lose connection or something and like stop reporting it and then i just like close it and reopen it but for the most part it's running all the time so i'm kind of older than than you <laughs> folks here and <laughs> i do what is what, it, what i like to call old school debugging which is basically dropping console logs everywhere and uh, I, I know you, you you all do that too, but hey, good news! Reactatron does that too. Exactly, it <laughs> actually enhances it enhances your console logs. So if you uh, there's a certain way you can actually set it up where you can do like console.tron.log. I you know I never realized that wasn't the default that it didn't just work that because it, it's set up that way in Ignite, and so all of right. our Ignite projects just do that. Wow! Today I just learned that it's not the default, and I'm on a non Ignite project at the moment. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I can't just do console Tron. Oh, so I need I still need to go ahead and set that up. Yeah, exactly. I seriously just learned that it's not the default. <laughs> that is it is the default in Ignite, but uh, you have to set that up. There's documentation about that in the repo. But uh, what's cool about it, though, is you can do things like log important. So instead of just log, you can do log important and then it shows up in your in your list. You can also do filters to filter for just the types of of logs that you are looking for. Uh, and when you log a like a more complex object, then you can actually drill down into it. It's very similar to the inspector, I guess, in uh, Chrome, you know, or or other uh, other browsers. I use that all the time. You know, I'm I'm not a very sophisticated man. And so I just throw that in there and see what see what's going on. The nice thing, though, is that it's part of the rest of your Reactatron timeline. So you like you can see like all the different things that your state is doing. The sagas are running or actions are running or whatever. And you can see where the log fits into all the rest of it. That's a good point. You can actually, and I, I've, I've done this in most of the projects I use in React, uh, Reactatron with, you can monkey patch console.log to actually ship it to Reactatron. So that way you don't even have to do like console.tron.log or anything like that. You can just do console.log cool. and it ends up in Reactatron. Interesting. See that? I, I wish I had known that when I was doing my web, my React Native web project, because we always, like the web side would complain when there was a trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good to know. Just unify the two. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, usually what I do is I keep the reference to console.log so that way I still call it, but I can also mm -hmm. call the reactatron.display and provide all of the, the arguments. And wow. I, so I get it in both places if I, if I want it there. All right, yeah. So let's also talk about custom commands because these are super cool. You can actually drop in some code into your app. So like normal, you know, like a function or something that does something, whatever it is. You can set up a certain state, 
like, hey, automatically log me in. Or you can uh, reset the navigation to, to, you know, back to like everything's reset back to nothing. Or these are all like developer workflow things usually. Uh, and the way that you do that is you register it as a custom command and then it literally puts a button in your Reactatron app that you can click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can actually also bring in arguments with it. I think it's really low level support in that you can only bring like a text argument in. But like if you wanted to pass in something, uh, you can also define the custom command to take in arguments and then that would end up on your React Native side and you would be able to take that information and do whatever you need to with it. Yep. Robin, what's an example of a custom command you've used on one of your apps? Um, I used to use a custom command when I like was developing a screen that wasn't hooked up to anything yet. So I would use a custom command to bring up that screen. Mm. Uh, I also use it to clear the Mavic state tree state. If it get like, because when you're developing and you're adding properties to your models or moving them or changing them, you can get your your state in a kind of a funky place sometimes, and sometimes yeah. you just want to like clear it and we use it for that um we use it for logging i've used it for logging in a specific user uh or making a specific api call if um if i haven't like hooked that up to a screen or a button or anything yet and i want to make sure that the api call is correct Mm -hmm. oh yeah i've done that with custom commands that's awesome you can also just uh you can actually unregister custom commands too so like if you really wanted to you can make them contextual based upon where you are so, like, if you have, like, a component mount or a use effect these days, Mind blown. you can register a command and then, like, return on your, if you're using hooks and you're using use effect, you can return a function, which gets executed on unmount. So, you can then unregister that command. So, like, you can have the commands that are there very contextual if that's, you know, what you want as well. I've never personally done it, but it can happen. That's awesome, Rich. We're going to have to, like, This is why we need to get Rich to talk about Reactatron a lot more. Because I don't like I started doing the research for this episode and I swear I learned about like six features that I didn't even know existed. It's so true. It's so true. Reactatron has a lot of capability that even we inside Infinite Red don't like totally utilize. Uh, You can also do custom plugins. Um, We're not going to go deep into that, but that is something that's available. For example, you can if you want to support a different state library than MobX State Tree or Redux, you can just bring in a, a like your own custom plugin to do that. It's not like super difficult the way that they they're set up. They they're they're fairly. You can actually just like follow along how the Reactatron Redux plugin is set up and and you know kind of like map it to a new state management library. Um, there's another just a small but kind of cool feature called uh, image overlay, and the way that that works is you can bring in an image and overlay it with kind of opacity, like like a alpha channel over the top of your screen. And this allows you to kind of like align things on the screen, get a real like pixel perfect, etc. So that's one that's kind of fun. I don't know how often you folks use that feature, but but it is in Reactatron and some people love it. I mean, everyone doesn't like resize their Envision mock-up so it's exactly the right size and then put your simulator right next to it and then like (laughs) no just me okay (laughs) no that that feature was an interesting one it kind of it it got born out of a conversation between uh steve and i where we're talking about designers and how how it can help the designer and developer workflow um yeah I I've used it lightly. Not I don't use it every day because it's not every day that I'm trying to get pixel perfect UI. But 
um, it, it, it is helpful for sure. So the last feature I have on my list is the storybook uh, integration. I believe that's just for turning on and turning off storybook. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically it allows you to toggle between storybook and your regular app via Reactatron. And I don't know that I ever got around to actually hooking that up in like in Ignite, but basically it was trying to solve the problem where I I think it's to this way this to this day in Ignite, there is a Boolean that you literally just go in and flip it to turn on and off storybook. Not to commit it when yes, (laughs) that has actually been changed. Uh, Now it's part of the dev menu. We've registered with the dev menu. And so you can bring up the, dev menu and hit a button and it will actually switch between storybook and not but oh excellent that doesn't work with expo if you're spinning up an expo app so you still have to use a boolean there because they don't let you mess with the dev menu unfortunately now there's a future feature it's something that we were exploring a little bit rich and we have not talked about this publicly anywhere uh so this is the only place that you're going to get a sneak peek about this but rich and i were playing around with the concept of doing a REPL or like a console that and everybody's like well big big deal like you can run you know javascript in inspector or whatever no this runs on your device in your app so this code would actually run like in hermes or in javascript core in your app with the context of your app available right which is really cool it's actual like it's like an eval uh inside your app and rich you Got it to kind of work, right? Yeah, I haven't touched it in a while. I, I need to revisit it and actually flesh it out a, a lot and uh, a lot, a lot. Like it's actually technically available, and I can't remember the key command. But there's like some special key <laughs> command, and and don't, um, don't nice. give it out. I don't want people like messing up here and like blaming Sit us. In the DMs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but basically, it's, a, it's an Easter egg. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it is a little Easter egg. So there's a key that like even the creator command. doesn't remember. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> it. I have to look at the code. Uh, but basically, it opens up a, a new little UI, which there's not much to the UI. It just kind of takes over Reactron, the standalone app, to look like a console, and you can mm-hmm. just execute arbitrary JavaScript there. Uh, be warned though, you can execute any JavaScript, including invalid <laughs> JavaScript. It will crash your app. So if, if you're so inclined, take this as a challenge to go look through the Reactatron source code, which is open source and freely available mm-hmm. and find the right key combination to unlock this Easter egg. And maybe it'll be a feature someday. I think it's cool because, you know, those custom commands where you can do things, which are still very valid and important, but you could actually do that on the fly as your app is open, you can go in there and just like manipulate variables and whatever that you're in a particular scope. Hopefully, you know, at some point we would even let you like CD into like objects, sort of like change directory, but for objects and and that sort of thing. It's like Pry. If you have used Pry, which is a Ruby thing, uh, lets you kind of like navigate through your your app's kind of virtual space. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. You stole it. Stole your thunder. Okay, we are way over time here unfortunately uh there's so much more i'd love to talk with rich about but uh so we're gonna skip the uh what's new with react native newsletter if you want to check that out john major is the senior editor of that or editor-in-chief i guess is what we call you uh so go to reactnativenewsletter.com so i had a weird bug this time but we're not going to get to it so i'll save it for next time it's it's kind of an interesting one i was working with mazen on a, which mazen is an, another new developer here at hi mazen hey mazen and it was a it was a kind of interesting one with Flatlist. But we'll save that for next time. So where can people find you, John Major, online? At John Major C, anywhere and everywhere. 
almost anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> Robin, where, where, where do people find you? Uh, I'm at Robin underscore Hines on Twitter. Don't look for me on Instagram. <laughs> and I am at Jamin Holmgren on Twitter, GitHub, etc. You can also find React Native Radio at React Native RDIO. Rich, are you on Twitter? I don't think you're on Twitter. I technically am, but I don't actually post anything. So there's no inch, no reason to follow me. <laughs> the, the guy that works on the coolest stuff at Infinite Red does not post anything about it. So, you know, I, I guess I'll just have to write about it. Take all the credit like a, <laughs> like a normal CTO does. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today, Rich. It was awesome to have you on here. And there's, like I said, so much more to this. We're going to hopefully post more maybe blog posts or or videos about what Reactatron can do, and also maybe release some new features at some point. Uh, it's been sort of, uh, you know, kind of in a stasis for a while, but I'm hoping to push it forward. That'd be awesome. As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Wirth, our transcript and release coordinator, Jed Bartuski, our social media coordinator, Missy Warren, and our designer, Justin Husky. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out, infinite.red slash reactnative. And a special thanks to all of you listening today. Make sure to subscribe and also check out Reactatron. Go to infinite.red slash Reactatron, Reactatron, all one word. And uh, no, there's no sauce in that. It's not Reactatron sauce. It's not React sauce. It's just Reactatron. <laughs> uh, Steve must have lost on that one. Uh, check it out. You can also see it on GitHub and explore the code there. And reminder, we are hiring careers.infinite.red. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Cool.